0: Welcome to Industry Focus, the
1: podcast
0: that dives into a different sector of the stock market each day.
1: I'm your host, Emily Flippen.
0: I'm Jason Moser. I'm Nick Seipel. I'm Dylan Lewis. And today we're talking financials.
1: Today we're talking consumer goods. Wildcard!
0: Wednesday. And we're talking energy. And today we're talking tech. Let's dive in. It's Wednesday, April 29th. I'm your host, Jason Moser. Recently, I had the good fortune to jump on the Everything VR and AR podcast with Brightline Interactive's Tyler Gates and Sophia Mashasha to talk about investing in immersive technology, the upcoming implications of 5G, and a whole lot more. Tyler is the Managing Principal at Brightline Interactive and President of the Washington, D.C. Chapter of the VR-AR Association. Sophia is the Director of Immersive Platforms Brightline and also the Vice President of the Washington, D.C. Chapter of the VR-AR Association. What unfolded was a really fun and enlightening conversation. I learned a lot, and I think you will too. So I hope you enjoy this week's Wildcard Wednesday, everything VR and AR podcast mashup.
1: We are joined here today by our good friend, Jason Moser, uh, who's the senior analyst at the Motley Fool. Uh, welcome, Jason. Happy to have you on this call with us today.
0: We're very happy to be here. As I mean I hear the music and I'm waiting to hear the podcast and then I realize I'm actually the guest on the podcast. It's <laughs> really cool. Finally,
1: finally you are a guest on our podcast. I know I've I've been over to your offices uh uh over in Alexandria, right down the street from our office, and you have a really cool studio and we are looking forward to getting on your level of your five <laughs> podcasts that you guys have out. We have um, a few, and,
0: yeah.
1: Professional production over there. Um and and before we go into into your background, into how you got into your current position. Can you just explain a little bit about what who the Motley Fool is and, and, and what it is? Because it does sound like a, a Shakespearean character.
0: <laughs> well, it is. You know, we, oddly enough, I mean, the name did come from the, the Shakespeare uh Play as you like it we're a company we've been in existence for about twenty six years now. I think we we're founded by david and tom gardner and and that ultimately was the idea behind the name uh, the motley fool is you know Wall Street is full of esoteric language and uh tough to understand concepts, and our goal is really to bring financial literacy, financial education and, and financial independence to the masses and so we 're kind of like the jester we can come speak truth to power without fear of of, uh, you know, having our our head lopped off, so to speak. And so that's where the name (laughs) The Motley Fool really came from, is just being able to actually speak truth to power. And and we've really enjoyed the ride. We've been at it for a while now.
1: So appropriate for that, for, (laughs) for the industry that you're in. Love it and and so so going back then start at start at the, the beginning not the beginning beginning of your career but <laughs> the beginning of the relevance of of what you're doing now how did you get to the monthly full and and how did you get to be the lucky one to be able to be the advisor on augmented reality and and now immersive technology
0: yeah i mean i've had a i've had a pretty long and and convoluted sort of work histories. I mean, I've I've worked in a number of different industries. I was a golf professional for a while. I was a bank for a while. I was in an insurance company for a while. I actually even worked for the State Department for a while as well. Um, And that all led me ultimately to uh, The Motley Fool about 10 years ago. I was a member of The Motley Fool's investment services and really I just found my tribe, so to speak. I knew when I when I signed up, that this was just a, a community of like-minded folks who uh, just enjoyed investing and learning, and uh, you know, at some point I had made some connections and got lucky enough to get my foot in the door for an interview with the company, and uh, and was able to join the company. And it's I just celebrated my tenth year there in February, um, and and so my my time there has been spent really as an investment analyst the entire ten years learning uh, how to be a good analyst, uh, learning how to be a good analyst in all sorts of different markets, whether it's healthcare or tech or retail, what have you. And, uh, you know, all along the way, we've, uh, had our podcast, a family that's grown and developed. And I've been very lucky to be a part of that from the start. Um, and as you mentioned, we have five different shows now that we do, and I'm a, I'm a part of actually three of them, which is really fun. And then, um, a year ago, almost a year ago, uh, we, opened up the Augmented Reality Investment Service, a service geared towards investing in the opportunities that augmented reality presents. And my interest in the space, uh, I think, was was part of what got me in there as be, as, as being the advisor for the service and uh, just just my general interest in learning more about it. And so I've, I've really enjoyed the last year and a half uh, diving into to the space, learning as much about it, and then being able to bring that to our members in the form of investable ideas, because ultimately we're trying to help them uh, make money at the end of the day and achieve their financial independence by building a portfolio of of great uh, publicly held companies. And, and we're just finding more and more that there are a lot of businesses out there that are making a lot of investments in augmented reality and immersive technology. Uh, and so that's gotten gotten me where uh, where I am today.
2: Yeah, and, and Jason, you know, I, I think I want to pause here for a second and, and say that I, I th- what what is what's so valuable about what you're saying is. That uh, it's 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 quite a stamp of validation for the augmented reality market uh, to have you all specifically you all uh, be focused in on the advancements, the growth, and then being able to communicate that out to investors. Um, it 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 really sort of uh, allows augmented re- augmented realities aug- augmented reality to stake its claim inside this market. Um, as an as a as a validated technological sort of uh, vertical, and so you know I, what what I'm kind of curious to know before we get into your from your professional opinion is what was it from you know, the personal side? What was that sort of uh, personal interest in augmented reality, and what what do you see in it that um, that that makes you so confident uh, for its future?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think. Growing up, I mean, I, I always yeah, I I grew up in that that video game era where you know, had the Atari, the Nintendo, and you could see how technology and entertainment was was playing a bigger role in our lives. And and then uh, you know when when the smartphone came around, I mean, I think the smartphone is really that lightning in a bottle product uh, or a concept that has opened up. I mean, it's essentially a window, it's a portal to the entire world and the potential that technology um, can can really can really do for us as 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 a world as as, as, a, as a as a global society, and and so for me, I've always been very interested in tech and stuff like that. I I, I wouldn't call myself necessarily an early adopter, but I'm kind of an early adopter, maybe the sure. second level early adopter. Um, when new technology comes out, I love to fiddle with it and and see what you know the prospects are there, and so. When, when I take that mindset and my interest in, in, in those sorts of things and then you look at the actual numbers behind it, for us, we felt like at The Motley Fool that, that augmented reality and immersive technology was was coming to its moment. I mean we are in a moment now where technology has gotten so good and so fast and so cool that we're seeing, we're seeing all sorts of different changes in the ways that we do things, whether it's in healthcare or retail or engineering – um, or entertainment. I mean, we could see just from the numbers when we were looking at the augmented reality market in specific uh, that in 2017 it was valued at around 4.2 billion dollars. But when yeah. we look forward and we see these estimates, and, and there's a research company called Markets and Markets that's done some some research there and shows that this opportunity in augmented realities is expected to top 60 billion dollars by 2023. And so for us as investors one of the things that we're always looking for is you know large and growing market opportunities because that represents opportunities for investors and you know we we see augmented reality as one piece of that but then you 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 sort of you you take a step back and you look at immersive technology in general augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality all of that combined um, it, it's presenting a phenomenal market opportunity in all sorts of different verticals. Again, whether it's entertainment or engineering or healthcare, or what have you. And so for for me, I mean, as an investor, that's really exciting. And then you couple that with something that I'm interested in, in technology, in, in, in the development of this immersive technology market. It was just a really, it was a win-win from that perspective, uh, which was why I was so excited to have the opportunity to do it. You know, yeah, we're,
1: we're happy to have you join us in this in this market in this in this exciting industry, Jason. Thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so what what is it that I would kind of a- to ask specifically what what are you seeing? What are the trends that you're seeing? I mean, we we certainly see trends from our perspective, but we tend to see that from the perspective of the actual technology, um, the actual capability, and so it's you have a, a particularly um intriguing perspective, especially for those of us who are working inside this industry, because your perspective really helps us see uh, sort of what the end customer, what the investor is 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 interested in. Um, and what kind of markets are sort of developing outside of the direct ecosystem of that particular technology. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing a lot happening right now is these technologies that used to be sort of used in this one form or fashion. Is now applicable across the board. Like, you know, for example, our you know our partners who we've had on the podcast a bunch, Unity, Unity Technologies. Unity Technologies started out as a as a game engine for video games, yep. but is now, and we're now actually calling it Unity calls it a creation engine. Yep. And that creation engine is now focused on because it is a way for us to develop content. That content development is now not so singularly focused on video games. It's now sort of spreading out and becoming content that's being developed for, uh, large-scale training simulations, large-scale enterprise solutions, and then beyond video gaming into the entertainment market and to the on-demand market. And so what, what is it that, um, that you see from, from the investor's perspective that is so attractive about the capabilities of augmented reality?
0: Well, yeah, I think, I think you really hit in on the two, the two different sides of the coin there, right? I mean, I think we see on the one side, immersive technology for the consumer and on the other side, immersive technology in industry. And, and I think that up to this point, it feels like augmented reality and virtual reality. They've been cool concepts. They've been neat in theory, but they've been it's been difficult to really bring it over to the consumer side. It's, it's hard for the everyday consumer to be able to understand how or why this immersive technology affects them, how it plays into their lives. And so, you know, we look at what I what I call the big four in this space. And I'm talking about companies, uh, including Microsoft, Apple, Alphabet and Facebook. These are the big four Tech companies out there that are making big investments in immersive technology on both the consumer side and the industrial side, as you know, uh, which which has always been really really interesting to see for us. I mean, they they hold terrific competitive advantages just in their scale and their financial resources. They can pretty much do whatever they want, and these are these are companies that can bring a lot of this technology in house and develop it on their own. And and I think, you know. The, when we saw the game Pokemon Go come out, you're right, you, rem- you remember the success that that game witnessed as as it rolled out, and it took the world by storm. And, and you know, we we were talking about this before, Tyler. I mean, it, that in, in in really that's not the most comprehensive application of augmented reality, right? It's a pretty simple concept, but yeah. it all of a sudden, what that did, it, it put that augmented reality technology into the consumer's hand in such a way that they were utilizing, they were using it day after day after day, and they were having a lot of fun with it. And so all of a sudden there, you start to see at least one application where consumers are getting a better understanding of how this technology could play a role in their lives. But then if, if you take it further into something like the retail space, for example, I'll use Wayfair as an example, you know, the online uh, home furnishings company. And I, I think it was Wayfair is a company that when it first went public, a lot of people didn't really give it much of a shot. And, and the main reason why was that it was hard to grasp that you would be able to buy a couch online without actually being able to see that couch in person or being able to see how that couch might fit in your room. Most people, they kind of want to go to the store, sit in the couch, get an idea of what it looks like. And, and so I think you know people thought maybe Wayfair was going to have a problem with that. Well, Wayfair, what they've done is they've incorporated augmented reality into their app so that you can actually go in and shop in Wayfair and you can take your phone and you can hold it, you know, showing showing a picture of your room. You can hold it in your room and, and angle it where you think that couch might go. And then you can actually using their augmented reality, you can place that couch in your room so that it's actually occupying that space. The length, the width, the depth, whatever it may be, you can actually get an idea then of how that couch might fit in your room. And that was another consumer application where we said, okay, that's another step beyond something like a Pokemon Go, for example. You can see more and more how consumers might be able to benefit from this technology. Mm -hmm. But what really opened my eyes in learning about this space that I didn't expect – and, and it took me a little bit by surprise. Was the the industrial application, the the, the effects, the impact that it's having on industry and manufacturing and development, and training applications and whatnot? I mean, you're seeing companies with workers on assembly lines utilizing smart glasses and headsets to do their jobs on a daily basis, utilizing immersive technology to to do their jobs and to do them better, to do them more quickly, and more efficiently, um, or or new hires, you know, we talked before about about going in there uh, and, and, you know, utilizing training platforms that bring immersive technology into the mix. And so for me, the consumer applications, I think, are still maybe – just getting started i think people are really starting to understand more and more the, the the potential there but but what really opened my eyes was what we're already seeing in the industrial side with companies like ptc or ansys companies that yeah. are utilizing this technology on a daily basis and it it it's really making a difference i mean you you can you can see it when we study these companies i mean you can actually hear from management themselves talking about the impact that this technology is making on their business to do things better, to do them more quickly, to do them more efficiently. And that really is the name of the game when we're looking for good investments is companies that are leveraging technology to, to really, uh, you know, save, save money and grow the business.
2: And and that's sort of naturally the, that's naturally the result of immersive technology, which is, uh, which has been interesting for us to watch over the last six or seven years. Um, and, and I just want to go back, Jason, to what you're talking about when you're when you talk about how people adopt the technology, how people understand it. And I, I think uh, what we're seeing happen is, is there really is sort of these three phases to the adoption. There's sort of the the awareness of it, the awareness of the technology, the usage of that technology and then the innovation of it. So it's once I have to be aware of what it is and then I have to try it. And, yeah. and then after I try it at that point it's depending on my level of expertise and awareness in the industry, it's going to take me some time to give new language to this new experience, this new way that I'm experiencing content. And so what tends to happen as you know, we often say you people understand a new thing through the lens of an old thing. And so when you, when you take something like Pokemon go and which was an incredibly, you know, entertaining application, uh, but you're right is, is, Significantly limited in terms, and it never really started out, never aimed to be the sort of answer for all augmented reality, but it,
0: it sort of became that. It was because, a bit serendipitous, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know that that was the intention, but bam, there it was, and it yeah, opened it up yeah. to millions and millions of people. Yeah.
2: I mean, for the next three years, I mean for the next couple of years, people say augmented reality, you know, like Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah. And people know, people know, oh, I get it. And and that's even that reference is a reference to understanding a new thing through the lens of an old thing. Yeah. And so if somebody's explaining the new capability of augmented reality, people then draw from their reference of the next closest thing that they do understand, and then they pull from that and then limit the capability of that new thing because the old thing has obvious limitations thus there is a new thing and so it you know it, it's interesting for us when we when we talk about adoption and how users are using augmented reality um the, the 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 part of it that i think is um is meaningful is that that the time that it takes for somebody to be aware to use it and then to innovate it is significantly uh, expedited with immersive technology and not just immersive tech, but the process of creating the technology, the process of standing up an application that has global scale capability to do location-based entertainment with AR, you can stand that up in less time than it takes to, you know, open a physical store. And so it's, it is from a, from a capability standpoint to come up with an idea off of having tried it first. Like our, one of my favorite parts about interviewing people on this podcast is that we talk to people all the time who say, Two years ago, I didn't even know this industry existed. And then I, and then I took my significant industrial design capabilities or my significant engineering capabilities or my experience with NASA or whatever the case is. And I pointed it at this new enabling capability of immersive technology and realized that I really just used it to accelerate what I already was able to do. And so it, what we can do is build new things really quickly, new capabilities, new awarenesses. And what that does is it removes us, forcibly, it removes us from understanding that we experience this technology in one way. And it moves us into this world where maybe we don't, because I think what's interesting even about Wayfair is before the augmented reality, before depth sensing AR technology existed and you could place objects in depth in your room, even before, I mean, people would actually take their whole computer pull it, you know, pick it up from their tabletop and sort of place it on the wall and try to hold it. Because in that moment, we understand, even though we don't, everyone doesn't understand technologically why that doesn't happen or can't, we understand in our minds, it's on computer, it's on two dimension, it can't exist in my three dimension. Yep. And so we just know, to we just know, okay, a website like Wayfair is not going to work, because nobody's going to be able to understand spatially how objects fit in their room. But the reason that they don't understand that yet is because they don't understand the actual capabilities of the technology, that we can, that the phone actually can understand depth in the room, and that we can identify tabletop surfaces. And then on those surfaces, we can place graphical three-dimensional content pieces that are relevant to what that user wants to see. And that technological capability allows us to take that thing that the user wants to do instead of holding up their computer screen, And then allows them to place that object there. And then when we do it, it's like when somebody sees that happening, it's not like it's, uh, it's not like it's this brand new thing that they couldn't conceive of. They see it happening and go, Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how that couch would look. Perfect. That's awesome. And it's so utilitarian and it's so known and understood because it's, it's using the technology in a way that actually communicates the original context in the original context. And so I'm seeing the the furniture in spatial value inside my room. As long as I'm getting to see what it's going to look like, you know, boxes check for me, I'll purchase it online. Great. You know, and so it totally changes the market. And so that's, we we see the adoption rate shifting in in sort of becoming more exponential as people have an awareness, the ability to use it, and then the ability to innovate with it.
0: Yeah. and Well, I mean, and I think also, you know, the neat thing about technology like this is technology, ultimately, it compounds, right? I mean, the more and more we use it, the better and better it gets more and more quickly. And so, I mean, maybe this capability didn't exist necessarily eight years ago or, or whenever. I mean, right, we've gone through iPhone all the way up here to iPhone 11, right? I mean, they didn't always have those 3D sensing capabilities maybe that we have now. But you do see now, I mean, if a company like Wayfair, I mean, Home Depot is another company, I a lot of retailers out there are now using this technology. Yeah. And the main reason why is because they're seeing results. They actually see that customers utilize this technology and it results in conversion of sales. And ultimately in retail, right, that's the goal. You want to sell stuff. And so if they can see that the tools they're producing with their technology are resulting in actual sales conversions, well, they're going to double down on investments in that technology. They're going to make it better and better and better. And then, you pan all the way over to another market something like healthcare and and that's a market to me that is, has just been fascinating to watch i mean my father's a physician he's he's 77 year old doctor still practicing and when i was talking to him about this new service about immersive technology and, and he's asking me you know what what are you talking about how does this apply And I'm showing him something as simple as just like learning anatomy, right? I mean there are apps out there now where you can actually – there are AR apps out there. They can teach you anatomy just through using an app on your phone. But, but then you, you go all the way over to other companies. There, there are little companies out there like Medavis, uh, which is you – know, they're, they're utilizing immersive technology actually in the operating room to pre to prep for surgery in order to achieve better outcomes. Intuitive Surgical, another company that has actually developed a training platform that utilizes augmented reality and immersive technology in order to help people train and prepare in ultimately looking to just achieve better outcomes. I mean, if you're a physician, if you're a surgeon, and you can actually go into a surgery fully prepped and knowing where you need to be focused on and what you're getting ready to encounter and what you need to do before you've ever even had really to go in there to do it, I mean, you're likely going to achieve better outcomes. And so we see companies like these doubling down on the investments in this technology, because the bottom line is, whether it's in gaming, or whether it's in retail, or whether it's in healthcare, it's ultimately achieving better outcomes. And that really is the goal. And I think that now we're getting to the point where we're seeing immersive technology. It's more than just entertainment. It's more than just a cool little bell or whistle that's on our phone that we can uh, fiddle around with while we're trying to waste some time. I mean, these are having real life implications that are affecting people's, you know, lives, and, and, and that to me is just a—it's a fascinating thing to watch. And, and as investors, uh, it's a fascinating market to be a part of because, again, like I said, that technology it compounds. And it's all about kind of trying to skate to where the puck is going. You know, we talk about the market being a forward-looking mechanism. We're trying to skate to where the puck is going. And we see the puck going in the direction of that immersive technology, which is why we're so focused on it now.
2: Yeah, and, and the, the, I like just the, the awareness of, of how immersive technology is – I agree with you in its, in its capability to grow exponentially, but it, it's also, it also grows on a different – it's like it's growing in different soil. Than the rest of technology, because it in itself, and, and I don't mean the rest of maybe the rest of communications technology, because immersive technology specifically, we have the ability to use the technology to make the technology smarter, um, and so it it is, and and that that you know our ability to use virtual reality to actually make virtual reality faster. Is a pretty impressive thing, and and that's true of it as it's as 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 a communications technology. And so it's to me what's what's fascinating is is that what what ends up happening is you you have these capabilities. It's it's sort of the distributed economy where the distributed knowledge or distributed information where we have um you have this the cell phone's capability to understand images, for example. Um, and to be able to recognize as long as there 's a database running on the on the phone that understands what images it 's seeing, then it can use image recognition to identify objects and then, if the phone is also able to to, to to deploy augmented reality content based off of that image recognition and be aware of that object in space, then all of those examples that you were talking about in the in the surgical room in the, in the medical space, you can have on demand learning where the medical where physicians can be inside a hospital setting and just by holding their phone over an object we can deploy augmented reality content that's training them on the nuances have, of how to use that tool let's just say in so in inside the nuanced situation of covid-19 so as procedures change as tools change as the ways that we understand the operational environment changes as that changes in real time we can also adjust and shift the content in real time and then that content is completely on demand to the user. And so it, you see how just even in that, I mean, that's just off the cuff example, just based on what you're saying. And so it's in that example, you're, we're talking about using augmented reality, but we're also talking about using a variety of other immersive, immersive technology sort of um, frameworks to be able to provide an overall um, awareness scenario where the medical, medical facilities now can create sort of distributed learning. On demand, but it can be based off of the actual, the actual tools and implements inside the facility. Um, instead of it being off of an education system that requires logistics and planning and scheduling and travel and all of that type of stuff it, with inside immersive technology, we can remove those barriers and make it faster, smarter and more comprehensive. And so, you know, it, what, what I like about what's happening in that sort of exponential nature of, of, the reason why I say it feels like it's growing in a different soil is because it's not just a technology like the phone. Um, it, it is, it is a technology that enables a variety of other technologies to be created and built and leveraged in a variety of other communication platforms to be built on top of the ability to distribute information through augmented reality. And so, um, it, it is itself a technology but it is also an enabling technology that generates other technologies. Um, and, and that 's where we see it sort of growing exponentially
0: yeah and i mean i 'm glad you said that because it does feel like i mean we, we it, it seems like every year or two we hear okay we 're talking 2 g now we 're talking 3 g now we 're talking 4 g and now of course we 're talking 5 g and that 's really that 's been one of the buzzwords in the investment world for a while now there 's 5g technology uh, you know Apple incorporating this into their phones, and 5g is going to make everything faster we 're going to be able to we 're going to be able to stream our videos faster we 're going to be able to get access to things more quickly i mean it does seem like the 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 value proposition that's communicated to to just us as everyday consumers is that 5g it's going to make things faster but but you and i i mean we all know that i mean it's not just about speed i mean what 5g ultimately is doing beyond beyond you know z- close to zero latency it's really expanding the amount of data, the amount of information that could be transferred, you know, in these in these quick timeframes. And and so if you don't mind, what I actually, (laughs) I'd like to ask you a question (laughs) because I mean, you, you have a lot of experience in the space you all do. And I, and and I hear both arguments. I hear both sides of the coin. Some who feel like 5g maybe isn't as big of a deal as as some might think it could be. And I hear others say that 5g really is going to be revolutionary from a number of, of, of stances. Um, I I personally think, I, I think that 5g given the opportunity to, to, to be able to, to, to transform more data, more rich content, more robust data, I think it could have a profound impact. But I, I'd be curious to know y'all's take on 5G and how, you know, what do you think the impact of 5G ultimately will be before we start focusing on 6G and ultimately, I mean, I guess I may already hear you talk 10G, but let's focus on 5G for now. Um, sure. what, how do you feel about 5G? I mean, is this going to be as revolutionary as some think?
2: Yes, I, I certainly think so, and, and I, I think that way because of, I will start out by saying that um, outside, a lot of our listeners know, but outside of um, hosting the VRAR Association podcast, um, I have a company called Brightline Interactive, and we we do a considerable amount of work specifically with 5G. We build technology that leverages 5G so that we can help the general population um, and, and other audiences understand the value propositions for 5G. Um, and So we we are boots on the ground uh, and have definitely been rolling up our sleeves over the last year and a half and building out some impressive technology experiences. We get to work with AT&T and we do a lot of really fun, exciting activations with them and build out a lot of products that use 5G. And so we work a lot with the technology. And so I want to start out by saying that, but at the same time, um, sort of beyond just the capability of the technology, um, it it is in terms of what does it do for the consumer, what it's doing for the larger sort of, I would say, global economy um, is to me what is more valuable to talk about. So, I mean, to the consumer, um, I can totally understand it because a lot of uh, telecom companies have spent years communicating the message of data plans being faster and so it's natural that people understand that okay well it's another g so it's 5g okay so it must be even more faster and you know and so that that makes total sense but um the 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 truth is is that uh, 5g is uh, creates both speed and capacity and it's the and capacity part um that is missing from a lot of people's understanding of what 5g will do for for the economy, <laughs> for the global economy. Yeah. Um, and and that is what the way that I usually describe it is it's when we have the convergence of 5G cloud computing and immersive technology, you have the ingredients, those three ingredients to complete you have ingredients to completely transform the way communication is is currently sort of mainstream. Um, because what we open up is the ability to Um, What 5G does as an enabling technology is it allows us to create applications that are pulling in data from the real world and then allowing us to use that real world data in real time inside virtual worlds. And so this is just one example of the enablement capabilities of 5G. But because 5G has the ability for us to build sensor systems that are ingesting, like, for example. We do a lot of work with a, a fun um, c- a partner of ours called Tesla Suit, and it's a full-body haptic suit that does motion capture, biometry, tens in, in electrical muscle stimulation, and it's we, we can track your, your your movement in space. We've tested the suit with 5G, and so the suit is able to understand its position in space, but it's also under able to understand its its body its its um, the body mechanics the motion of the body in real time right and so we can understand the volume capacity of how somebody is moving and translate it, that information wirelessly in real time into a virtual environment and the capability of being able to do that makes us allows us to have live real time digital twin scenarios and if you think about having that for an entire global corporation or an entire uh, supply chain logistics supply chain those types of things we can significantly um, increase efficiency in inside um, enterprise systems as well as entertainment systems and sort of communication systems at large. But the reason that we're able to do that is we have a foundational technology, a, a data transfer technology that allows us to transfer information so fast and at such high volumes that it allows us to create immersive content and lay that content on top of the real world. So how you, how you see that, how you visualize, we call it, we often call it virtual layering. Mm -hmm. And it's just the idea that we have in the real world, we have virtual layers of the real world, but you can only access and see those virtual layers through some sort of device because you're looking through a device. The device like your phone, your tablet is allowing you to see that content in augmented reality. The only thing that stops us from having content that that blankets the whole earth and augmented reality is bandwidth right. and data transfer speed capability. And so it, what, what this enables us to do is, is to allow people, is to help people understand that we can present data visually in its original visual context. And, and that content is typically called augmented or virtual reality because we're talking about creating graphic content that's at human-sized scale that makes you feel like you're in it. And that capability of doing that allows you to understand that information in the same way that you understand it in the real world. And so the ability to create that level of awareness, imagine having a Google where you could Google for the awareness of any environment, like, whereas right now, like, now we think about it as this, like, totally normal thing to, if you need to know something, I mean, I have it Google pulled up on my second screen here. If I need to know something, I can just Google it and I can get the awareness of it in a two-dimensional context. Right. I can be aware of that information two-dimensionally as it's listed on the page. And that, that information helps me understand new, new, new things, new things that I didn't understand before. See, with immersive technology in 5G, we can do that same capacity where we can have a catalog of all of the information. But instead of that information existing two-dimensionally in written form on pages, I can just actually represent that information in its original visual spatial context. And so from your phone, let's say, you could you know, look up the awareness of a spatial context that you would like to know really quickly before you walk into a meeting or before you make a big decision at a global scale, or so that you can understand something at, at university, or so that you can train better, or whatever the case is, is that the same level of like, um, of sort of the same sort of ambulatory, you know, way that we we approach Google, it's so easy to do this, to get this awareness. We can create that awareness with immersive technology. But the thing that stops us from, from or slows down the progress is the ability to display the information and transfer the information and that's what 5G enables us to do so it's not just a, another g it's not just a way to make your phone faster or see your youtube video faster or have you know whatever the case is it's a way for us to bring that you, the contents of that youtube video into your living room like it was a normal regular everyday occurrence
0: and on I think demand. that that can be one of the most profound impacts, because I think we as people generally speaking we we process so much visually right i mean we when we see i mean that 's what this does it 's enabling us to see or to visualize data and i mean we 're seeing companies like Salesforce i mean you even see big banks i mean I think wells fargo even they 're figuring out ways to incorporate augmented reality and immersive technology into just being able to visualize data, take data. That if you were just to look at it, it would it would seem to be all Greek. You would have to decipher it and try to, to parse it, but this technology allows you to visualize it, and you can process that, you can understand that so much more quickly when it when it's when it's presented in a visual form that makes more sense.
2: Yeah, and and, and just on that point specifically, I mean that's exactly. I mean you're so spot on, and, and it's just on that point specifically, we we, we got the pleasure of working with. Um, uh, recently with, um, American College of Preventative Medicine, ACPM, and we did something very similar where they have a lot of data that represents really, really critical information in inner city scenarios where they're talking about social determinants of health. And so they want to take that critical information to the Hill, uh, to Congress, and they want, they want to advocate on, on behalf of it's sort of uh, generating awareness around social determinants of health. And so it's a relatively complex data story because the, you're talking about data points across the entire United States. And so how do you tell that story in a really short period of time and demonstrate the impact? Well, we took all of that data and we just created a virtual environment. So instead of the data, like you said, Jason, I mean, if you were to look at the raw data, you're talking about numbers and figures in two dimensions on on a screen. And how does that, you would ask yourself by looking at that data, unless you understood how to read that data, in other words, unless you understood how to translate that data, you wouldn't actually know what it represents. Exactly. But the the irony of the whole scenario is that that data is actually not the original context. That data is a translation of the original context. The original context of that data has some sort of physical, not necessarily physical, but has some sort of spatial capacity. It represents something in space. And so it what augmented reality is doing is really just skipping the step of translating the data, translating the information using the written form. Yep. And so if you can just have the information. So if you're if you're talking about live collaboration on designing a vehicle, let's say, and you know, traditionally it's you you create the 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 three-dimensional design and then you pass that three-dimensional design through the process, through the team, people give feedback, but how do they give feedback in written form? Mm -hmm. So they take, they take, they, they, they sort of distill the physical version of that car and they write about what they want to do in terms of design for that car. But what if you didn't have to do the writing part? What if you could skip that and be, but it's really really difficult for us for human beings to think that way because we're so sort of in it's so ingrained in us that we learn information and we communicate information in a two-dimensional context and that part of that limit part of that barrier is is the is the barrier that we see to the growth in the industry and so as people become more aware that you can actually entirely remove holistic processes that used to exist in the communication process because augmented reality can communicate information in its original context, that's how we make communication faster. That's why immersive technology is faster as a medium to learn information because it's skipping all of the translation steps and it's just giving you the original context. The easiest way to think about it is we, we do this example all the time, but if you think about it, Jason, or if you're listening, um, think about um, you know going in your kitchen and grabbing a glass of water. You know, like right now, everyone who's listening has created that image in your head, that spatial image of what it's like. What does your kitchen look like? What, which cabinet is that glass in? And are you pulling water from the fridge or from the tap? You know, I mean, people have thought through that whole process in a matter of seconds mm-hmm. and you've created a spatial image inside your head of what that in almost sort of like a feeling. And what we're saying is, is the, the power of augmented reality enabled by 5G because it can be distributed across the globe on demand is that we can deliver that level of spatial awareness that you just created in five seconds in your head. But instead of using written form of communication, we can just communicate that spatial representation. Yep. And so it, it's hard to, for folks at, at times to sort of place that capability in line with where we are in the industry, but that capability is is upon us right now.
0: Well, and it feels like it's just going to consist of a lot of aha moments, right? I mean, going to be, there's going to be just a sequence of aha moments along the way. Where y- y- describing it, explaining it, sometimes can be tricky. You come up with good real life examples, like the glass of water example right there that you just you just offered up. But it feels, you know, and I think Pokemon Go, as is, is simple as that was, I think that was an aha moment. And I think we'll see more of those aha moments as time goes on, as, as we proceed forward, you know, I mean, we go from 5G yeah. to 6G to 10G or whatever. I mean, technology is only going to become more profound and there will be more aha moments along the way. And, and it, it's just, it's, you have to have that sort of kinesthetic. Oh, wow. There it is. I get it now. I, you know, it, it's, I feel, I feel that I see it. I, I understand it better now that I've actually experienced it. And, and I think that. We're starting to see some more of those little aha moments along the way, and they, they sort of they occur in, in whether it's in healthcare, and retail, or in, in gaming or entertainment. And I think that's the exciting part is watching all of these little aha moments unfold, and in seeing how that that technology, those concepts proliferate. And, and like you said, I mean, ultimately it it is it is global. I mean, the world is really smaller than it ever has been, thanks to technology, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's only going to continue as time goes on. Yeah, we agree. Yeah.
1: agree. So, so Jason, I I have to ask you, just pivoting a little bit, when you're you're talking about aha moments, yeah, have you seen any of those, or have you experienced any of those in the immersive technology industry as it pertains to the COVID nineteen response? I, I I just have to ask because we're we're in the heat of it right now, and I know there's a lot going on from our perspective, and I know that you probably have come across a lot of it yourself. So I just I just want to know from your your perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has really been a fascinating time. I mean, I, I've—I don't think any of us have ever really lived through um, a pandemic of, of this sort of nature before, so it's—it's—it's it's, it's a little bit of, of a new experience for all of us. And I think I, I don't know if I've seen necessarily the aha moment, but I think we're, we're on the cusp of it when we see companies like Apple and Alphabet, and and even the, the co-founder of Pinterest developing apps that are helping to actually locate. Uh, where hotspots may be, where hot where outbreaks may be, being able to actually, you know, to, to to be able to gather that data and present it in a visual form. What you know, maybe that's just an app on your phone where you're looking and you're actually seeing an app or or a, you know a map of 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 uh, where particular outbreaks might be. I think you're seeing a lot of the potential there, and and it's something obviously that, that would not have been possible 20 years ago. you would have just been watching the evening news or reading the newspaper the day after the actual event happened. Um, whereas now you are seeing actual real-time data, heat maps, showing you the higher risk areas. And I think ultimately what that does is it allows it allows states, it allows countries, it allows governments to make better decisions, right? I mean, you, you may not necessarily have to shut down an entire location if you know that really the higher risk areas are in one place and there are lower risk areas over here. So I think it's really, to me, that has been a little bit of an aha moment, watching these companies build these tools to help us deal with uh, this this particular crisis. Um, and, and I mean, you know, it, it, there is a little bit of a, a garbage in, garbage out uh, risk there. I mean, it, it is dependent on the information that's input. Um, but but generally speaking, I think that's been pretty fascinating to watch. And I can only imagine, I, I would imagine that five to 10 years from now, y- assuming we, something like this will happen again. I mean, unfortunately, it's just Mother Nature is, she, she controls all, I think. <laughs> so we'll see something like this happen again. But I think we'll also have even better tools To cope with it and respond to it than we do now, just like we have those better tools now than we had 10 or 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, I got to say that definitely makes me proud to be in the industry now and be able to Be on the leading edge of helping in the response of, of all the social distancing that we've had to encounter now and kind of had to figure out ways to overcome like some of the, some of the webinars and and live podcasts and and live events that we've attended and also hosted. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes and and in such a short time, I I think this is just going, it's just the start of, of, of where we're going to be in the mid and long-term and, um, and I, I think it's definitely going to propel our industry forward very fast, faster oh, than we thought it would.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I think the investments that have men, been made into immersive technology in general, I mean, that, that to me, we're going to be bearing the fruit for, for many, many years to come. But I mean, this technology, yeah. it compounds. I mean, it, as it gets better, it only accelerates. And uh, I mean, I, I think we've passed really the tipping point of, whether or not people believe it's actually something real and could matter in their lives. I mean, we're seeing now, uh, I mean, I, I, there was, there was a, an example of, of, um, a, a trial that was being done, a test that was being done at a, at a university out in California, I believe it was, where augmented reality is being used to help the blind see. And I mean, that's, that's something that for me, before I even really got started in this space, I would have never thought of that. Because I think most people, when they think of immersive technology, they think visual, they think that it's something that they're seeing. But they're not thinking about things like auditory cues, or haptic Mm -hmm. technology, all of these things that exist now that didn't exist before. I mean, these are little, these are little things that are augmenting our physical world through technology. And, and I think, People are starting to become more educated about what augmented reality, what virtual rea- reality really are, what immersive technology really is, and they're seeing that there are a lot of little examples that have existed in our lives for a few years now, but they never really connected the dots. So I think those dots are becoming easier to connect now.
2: Yeah, no, we agree, Jason. Listen, I, I think if there's if there's one thing mm-hmm. that you said about it is that there's a significant amount of hope uh, in immersive yeah. technology, um, in, in just even what we've been talking about here today. It's just that immersive technology combined with 5G al- allows us to invent worlds, invent scenarios, invent solutions that were not previously even understood. And, and by previously, in some cases, I mean six months ago. Um, and, and we're yeah. we, a front row seat. I mean, we're working on a regular basis inside these spaces and we're we are developing technologies that can service millions of people. And we're recognizing the 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 need for those technologies in a five week period over the last five weeks and then pivoting really fast uh, and coming up with ways to now build new variations of those technologies, but actually leveraging augmented and virtual reality to do that. You know, we're we're at my company. We're meeting on a regular basis in virtual reality, even though we're all at home, we're we're a creative design technology company that's making a lot of stuff, but making it all from home. And the way that we found it to be fastest to meet and get full context together is to meet inside virtual reality. So we're actually using virtual reality in environments that we've built for ourselves to actually help expedite and create a more efficient process to making immersive technology for our clients. And so there is a lot, and those are, we're using virtual reality in ways that we're being forced to use it, um that we didn't have to use it even as VR creators in the past. And so it what we're seeing coming out of this is um is the forcing nature of of innovation. Um and there is right. a there is a lot of hope in immersive technology and, and we look we Jason we appreciate your expertise and your thought um and your uh, just all of your background information in terms of also sort of validating augmented reality mm-hmm. um in terms of an immersive technology. Um, and, and look, we, we, I can't wait to have you back. <laughs>
0: well, I listen, I as soon as we get back to normal, I mean, I, I'm really excited because you've already extended the invitation to come over there and check out your office, check out the Tesla suit, the HoloLens 2 and everything. And I can't wait to do that because, you know, at, at the recommendation of a friend of mine, I read the book uh, Ready Player One a little while back. And just the pictures, <laughs> the, the things that go on in my mind from reading that book, I never saw the movie and I don't want to see it because the book – I just have – I've got this romanticized version of, of, of immersive technology now just from that book alone um i mean i'm really excited to get over there and and see that stuff because again i mean i this is the marrying of of the two worlds for me i mean the investing side that i know so well and really the technology side that you all know so well and and i mean i'm excited to do more with you guys and learn more along the way and and, you know i mean this let's reciprocate here because i think next time you guys come over to our studio at full hq we'll do this again Deal. I'm looking forward deal. To it, yeah. <laughs> Okay.
1: Yeah, this is fun, Jason. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, or The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Austin Morgan for constantly making the magic happen for us. I'm Jason Moser. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.